Hello, welcome to another From the Rooker End FA Cup Week podcast. Are you excited? One more sleep. Well, it's one more sleep because this is out on Friday uh, till we are off to Wembley for the FA Cup final. If you are listening to this on Friday, make sure you watch BBC Breakfast on Saturday because Mike is going to be on the television. Yes, uh, crazy. Uh, but we are, and, and, and last night he was on Five Live. So we are talking a lot about Watford uh, all over the place. Uh, but this podcast is Colin who was lucky enough to go to Watford's training ground on Wednesday, where he spoke to Ben Foster. Uh, it's always been great when we've got to speak to the players as part of doing this podcast. And this time we sent Colin uh, to interview Big Ben. So, so you can find out a little bit more about people behind the curtain uh, of what it's like to be a goalkeeper at Watford this season. Of course, his return. Uh, of course, trying to find out a bit about working with Gomez and, and, and the future of uh, Pontus Dahlberg. But this is it's a really great little chat uh, to get to know Ben a little bit better. So let's uh, head over to Office Training Ground. Let's head over Colin and Foster. Not Colin Foster, not the former Watford defender Colin Foster, but Colin and Foster. So I'm sitting in the canteen at the training ground and I'm here with Ben Foster on what is almost FA Cup final eve. First question for you, Ben. On Friday... Javi comes out of his office, he says, Ben, can you come in a minute? And he says to you, look, I've made my decision and I want you to play. And you stand up and go, no, Gaffer, absolutely not. Is that how that conversation would go? And, and if so, do you know what the uh, what size of fine you would get for refusing to play in a cup final? Yeah, I'm banging the table. I'm saying, no, refusing. I'm storming out. Simple as that. And that's all there is to it. And he can find me what he wants. <laughs> Fortunately, that's not going to happen. Thank God. Gomi's, you know, everybody's got full absolute trust in Gomi there, there's not even a question to be honest with you you know despite the fact that he's 38 is he I think um, he might be 39 39 yeah maybe he's, he's a cat still honestly <laughs> he's an absolute cat um, I think when you came out and made those comments I think uh, people really respected you for just coming out and saying straight away because before the semi-final there was a bit of a, a question mark in fans minds about oh is he going to make a change now and bring in because you've been one of our best players all season and obviously it says something about Javi about his sort of loyalty to the decisions he's made, but also to the kind of atmosphere around the club, which the fans have started to sense, a real sense of, of unity. You're a very popular figure at the club, and I think it's made you more popular, it's, and people respect you even more for those comments. But just in terms of having, just your, your impressions of him uh, over, the, over the last season, what, what's he like to, to, to... You've obviously had a lot of coaches in your career, and, and how is he different, and you know, what, what does he do that, that brings everyone? He seems to be such a, a big unifier. Have he... It's huge on the fact that playing for a football team is part of being a team. Everybody that's in that first team squad has a part to play, whether um, whether that's just on the training pitch, whether it's just around the place, um, or whether it's actually playing in an FA Cup semi-final, final. You're all part of the same team and everybody needs to be pulling in the same direction. And that sounds cliche as you like, but that genuinely is the way. It's huge on everybody does stuff together. Everybody stays together all the time. Um, you know, like we, If we play an away match, no matter where it is, Manchester, Newcastle, the whole team comes back together on the coach. There's no exceptions. Nobody's allowed to get off because they're going out on Saturday night here, there or everywhere. It's a team effort. 
effort and I think that's brilliant been parts of teams where if you're not playing you kind of sort of lose your focus a bit you don't feel real part of the team um, and then you start to get little fractions and you get little d- groups dividing and stuff and that's one thing we can say we, honestly we've never had this season everybody is part of it everybody feels part of it there's been so many occasions during the season where people have had opportunities because they've kept going kept their levels high in training and that's what happens when, when you do that back to you and I want to just take you back to the end of last season, which was a grueling season. You're at, uh, at West Brom. So much effort goes into playing uh, in, in, over a long season. And then you go off on what is now becoming your famous cycling holiday, post-season cycling holiday. From what you've said previously in other interviews and articles, you were really thinking, 35, you know, maybe this is a moment to hang up my gloves. And When you were away and, and, and presumably talking to your family, how, how close were you to making that decision? I wouldn't say it was like there good to go kind of thing but it was a definite option the season when you get relegated you know especially I'd been at West Brom for seven years the sort of the stress and stresses of getting relegated is so sort it's horrible it's like every day you're kind of living the same nightmare kind of thing it wasn't enjoyable it wasn't a great environment at the time but I don't suppose it ever is when no. you're when you're under that kind of pressure yeah. but psychology is that is that really where it hurts the psychology oh, getting just, up coming yeah. in having to put 100% in it just gets harder and harder yeah the like I say the psychology of it is the bit that people just don't quite get it's always a, the old adage of well they earn enough money so they should be able to sort of deal with that and you know what I mean it's it's not the way it works so it was a it was a horrible season so like I say when I get to the off season and I go away on my bike and I'm having I'm living my best life <laughs> you know I'm having the time of my life I'm riding up um, I'm going away with the family, going away, you know, playing about on the boats and in the sea and all that kind of stuff. It's brilliant, you know. You, you think, oh, I could do this all the time. So then, uh, presumably, you get a call from your agent. Watford have come in, asked if they can speak to you. West Brom have agreed. They've probably almost done a kind of a preliminary sort of uh, deal. And, and then you hear this. And what's your immediate reaction to that? Yeah, first of all, it was like, oh, God, um, you know, I've been at West Brom for seven years. I'm very much a creature of habit and comfort and knowing what I know and didn't really feel as if I wanted to sort of step out of that little bubble of comfort, to be honest with you. But being Watford, it's obviously a club that I already knew. There's still actually quite a few people that work here. You know, Rich, for example, John, the media guys, been here forever. So I knew these guys anyway. Couple that with the fact that there was actually quite a few players that I knew I'd already played with Tom Cleverly, Craig Cathcart, Troy Deeney. I know him from being around Birmingham. Adrian Mariapa still at the club. It was a lot easier to be going. Oh, okay, you know, I might feel like I could fit in there. And when I spoke to the club, and straight away the difference coming around the place in the sort of 12 years since I was here last is phenomenal. Not only just the training ground, the stadium, um, the feel around the place. It's got like the proper infrastructure now. You know, it's no longer like a like a Premier league team that's just happy to be in the Premier League they really want to do a bit and um, straight away my eyes were open and we're like yeah buzzing can't wait let's do it yeah, and also logistically it meant that you could you wouldn't there wasn't so much upheaval in your life because obviously at 35 with kids and then you know, that's a that's a factor for you yeah without doubt you know I've got no interest in trying to move <laughs> too far away from home now you know the kids are in school they're in a really good school in the Midlands that's where I'm from anyway so I've got my roots now and that's me settled but I can get the train down every day so I get the train down from Cov down to uh, Watford Junction every day 45 minutes good as gold so it was a perfect fit but and you don't have to answer this question directly if you don't want to but when you were having the meetings prior to signing was there a sense that you were coming here to to start to be the number one and if so 
and that was your expectation arriving on the first day of pre-season. How, how tricky is that? Because Gomez is a legend really here and, you know, OK, he's a fair bit old and he's, I think he's 39, as we said earlier. And to come in and then feel, I mean, to put it bluntly, you're coming sort of to kind of take, take this job off him, which, I mean, obviously happens in football all the time. How did he handle that and how, how do you approach something like that? Yeah, first of all, Gomi was world class. Oh my God, what a guy! Like, if ever, if ever there was somebody that you're gonna come in and take their job. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, Gomi's just the—he is the salt of the earth, the, the nicest, kindest, most jovial sort of just legend of a bloke. So from the first minute of walking in, he was—you know—he was—he had my back, and it was just brilliant to know. I noticed that the end of the last season, they had a bit of upheaval with goalkeepers. Anyway, Gomi wasn't playing. You had Canizis on loan, didn't you? He obviously went back, they didn't want to sign him. So I knew there was a chance that I could be starting anyway. I just jumped into it with, with both feet and um, yeah, like I say, I had Gomi had my back. Pontus, a young lad, the other goalkeeper, world-class goalkeeper already at I mean, 19, 20. He's like a fully grown man, honestly, it's incredible. Um, I was nowhere near him at that age. He's got a huge future. But no, it just sort of clicked, everything sort of clicked into place straight away. The goalie coach is good. We all get on really well and, and that's nice to be able to come yeah, in and work well, with that. I think that's really been evident in the in the stuff that's been put out on the website and so on that you you really do get on well and you can see it when you're warming up for games what I've seen as a fan obviously as a fan you don't get much access you just see the games you watch the games or you watch highlights but mostly you've been to the games and what I've seen with you if you don't want me saying is that I, I feel like from your that first performance which was like a massive homecoming for you I mean it was like the rookery saying he's coming home he's coming home Ben Foster's coming home and that was that must have given you an enormous amount of confidence like oh they, they want me here that's good you know that, that helps you but what I've seen as the season's progressed you seem to have improved as the season's gone on you seem to have got decision making reflexes agility kind of if, you know you just you look like you've gone from this point and you've you've improved and obviously you know you're a hell of a good goalkeeper anyway but is that to do with coaching is that to do with just being happier you know having the goalkeeping department very harmonious is that usual yeah i think that's the whole i think there's so many elements to it um first and foremost it's always it's nice to be wanted you know everybody fundamentally wants to be liked don't they and for the fans to sort of take me in straight away i was like oh this is lovely do you know what i mean it's so nice um and we got you know we got off to a flying start as well when on our first four games kind of everyone just thinking oh this is doddle this is just keep doing this every week but yeah like, like i say is there's a lot, lot of elements to it you know and once you sort of get your feet under the under the table and you settled in and it just becomes sort of second nature really um, yeah, specifically the coaching did you find new things that you hadn't experienced before with the with these coaches who presumably you didn't know before you got here yeah without doubt i've been at um west brom for seven years where the majority of the football we played was under people like tony pulis where <laughs> it's not um it's not exactly free-flowing football you know it's got its own sort of benefits and things that can go against it but it's completely different to, to what Javi Gracia would play even the goalie coach you know he's, he's a Spanish goalie coach and I've never worked for a Spanish goalie mm. coach before mm. it's completely different to working with an English goalie coach they just do things so different so it took a while to get your head round but I think for a goalie of my age you just need to be sort of ticked along and that's what my goalie coach is very good at he knows that me and Gomi don't need a lot of coaching a lot of sort of hard heavy hitting drills we just need ticking along and you you know, maybe brushing up on the finer details. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! So, as a fan, 
there's a player at the club that we have not seen play a single minute of football, which is Pontus Stalberg. Just for the fans and the listeners of this podcast, how good is this boy? And are you worried about your job? <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. He's incredible. Um, I, I think he's 20 years old. He's got like the most experienced head on his shoulders I've ever seen for a 20-year-old. He's like an old man already, honestly. He's incredible. He's so professional. He's always one of the last ones in at the training ground. He's always doing extra shooting. He listens. He, he takes advice. All he needs now is game time, you know. He just needs to go out and play so I think next season if they can get Pontus out on loan out into the championship then he can start to show what he can do because he's got all the elements to be a good goalkeeper he just needs to learn the game and learn how to play games well that's very good to hear it's always good to know that the players that we're not seeing are yeah. really sort of Premier League ready Just they just need that I mean it's young isn't it also for a goalkeeper 20 you don't normally start being a regular in a Premier League side until you're a bit older than that yeah exactly you know I didn't I didn't start playing until I was like 24 years old you know what I mean until I actually first started playing when I was at Watford really he's got a huge future but you know his physical attributes I think he's an inch taller than me he's definitely not as strong as me because we do a lot of gym together he's nowhere near as strong as me but um, <laughs> uh, no he's, he's, he's a, yeah he's a good lad though that's, that's one of the main things I think as a goalie you need to be very level headed and very calm and just try and keep on that sort of consistent level level head. I think he's obviously also been lucky to have you and Gomi to learn from and, and to have as kind of elder statesman if you like for his time here. So the FA Cup and the decision was made reasonably early I suppose that Gomi would play in the cup. He played in the League Cup games and he play, started playing at Woking. I just wanted to get your perspective on what it's like to be playing Premier League football every week and then there's a cup competition which, can, which has got very exciting obviously is one of the reasons I'm here. How's that been for you? What happens to you if, if particularly, I don't think you were on the bench at Woking. I think Dalberg was on the bench. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, I was only on the bench for the Wolves game. Right. Okay, so you you weren't on the bench for the first three games, and then you four games, and you came on to the bench for the Wolves game at Wembley, which is a sensible thing, I'm sure. But so, do you just sort of revert to being kind of like a fan, like? They're all getting ready for a game that you're not going to be a part of, but you're you're going to the game. How does that feel? What's what's that like? Yeah, cheerleader duties. That's my that's my job for the day. Is cheerleader du- duties. I've just got to get behind Gomi, make sure he's ready for the game as much as possible, whether it's physically, mentally. Um, you know, get behind all the other lads, get you know, GM up, make sure everything's done. And then when I'm on the bench watching, um, I've got to say I get so much more nervous than actually playing. Play, <laughs> playing's like the easy part. It's when you're on the bench and you're you're watching and it's last minute and Troy gets a penalty and that's the kind of stuff that makes me get jittery you know I had a few like physios and coaches next to me and I was gripping the life out of them <laughs> grabbing them tight and jumping all over everyone when we scored but it's good though it's nice to, to watch it from that perspective because I've, I've been at Wembley a few times obviously when you go with England and stuff like that and the atmosphere for an FA Cup match is nothing compared to being with England and stuff it's so it's much better it means so much more when you're doing it with a club like Watford so the first two games the Woking game and then the game at Newcastle and the game at Newcastle specifically the club came under a certain amount of criticism for making 11 changes from the previous Premier League game he played uh, Penaranda played in that game Queen played in that game um, but the question I wanted to ask you is when he was when he was asked a question afterwards Harry said well I believe in all my players I believe in my whole squad. I don't just believe in 11, 12, 13, 14 players. I believe in all of them. I expect them to do the job that I want them to do, and I believe that they can do it. And we went out at Newcastle and beat another Premier League side, admittedly struggling, who made seven or eight changes themselves, but we beat them 2-0, basically, at a canter, it felt like. What effect does that have on those youngsters when you come back? Because... You can be a Monday to Friday footballer if you're yeah. not careful, particularly when you're young and you're just there as kind of bodies on the, on the training yeah. ground. Yeah. And they must have felt like, oh, 
you know, did they feel like, oh, we're, we're part of this now, we're part of this squad, we're playing, we're playing in important games. I mean, that was an important game, that fourth yeah. round tie at Newcastle. How does that, did, and does that affect the senior pros as well? Like, everyone sort of seems to come together. And that moment for me in the season was a, was a big moment, you know, in, that, in the freezing cold January, February yeah. period, to suddenly have that energy. Well, that's part of, that's Javi Gracia all over. If you're good enough, you're going to play. At some point in the season, you'll play. And that's why he's massive on making it a team game and making sure everybody's always together, staying together. It's all part of a team. It's not just a starting eleven. Like you say, though, the players that came on and played, they do the job. They know they can do the job. And it might sound brutal and harsh, but if you're not good enough, then you won't be getting a chance to play. It's as simple as that. But that's the way football is when it's at an elite level. You're, if you're only going to play if you're good enough, whether you're 16 years old or whether you're 36 years old, if you're good enough, he'll give you a chance. Those first two games... And then we went to QPR, which is a totally different sort of task, away on a Friday night on telly, under the lights. They set up to be very physical. And what I've loved about this FA Cup run is that the, the, uh, the Watford and the team and the squad have dealt with all the different challenges that each game ha- has presented. And then, obviously, Palace at home, which was... Uh, a, there's a quite a bit of rivalry between the two clubs, between the fans, certainly. I don't know, I'm not sure that, whether that's true of the players as well. But, you know, you, I mean, I'm sure you sort of think, mm, I want to beat these. But again, you're not, you're not on the bench for that game. You're in the stand, presumably. Or are you getting, how excited are you getting at this point? It's, it's the quarterfinals. So, yeah, obviously, when it's Palace, you know, obviously, I, you, know, you know it's a bit of a sort of rival kind of thing. Um, the fact we've beaten three times this season as well has, <laughs> probably hasn't gone unnoticed by the fans either. I think once we won that game, everyone genuinely started to think, oh, right, come on in, this is proper now, this is serious business. You know, you get to a semi-final, it's at Wembley, everybody can start to dream and, you know, think about it and obviously we draw Wolves, which is kind of, you know, either Brighton or Wolves, brilliant, then you'll take your chances in the final against maybe Man City. Um, but yeah, once once you've won that game and then you're into the semi-final, then like you say, everybody genuinely starts to think, oh God, this is going to be a special season. The Wolves game, you are now on the bench, you're in your kit, and you've, you've had to do your warm-ups and you've had to prepare mentally. How do you, and, and again, it'll be true of the final, how do you prepare mentally as a goalkeeper for a game that most likely you're not going to play in? But it does happen. I mean, Gomez got uh, banged on the head at Everton uh, last season. Canessis came on in the first season of the Premier League. Same thing happened at Aston Villa and Alauskas had to come on with like 15 minutes to go. Is there, is there a, do you prepare as if you're going to play or do you prepare in a different way for me personally even if I'm playing on a Saturday I don't prepare (laughs) I just sort of turn up and that'll do I don't think about it I don't I don't know you know I just when I need to play I play and that's it really I don't put any other thought into it I'm normally playing countdown on my phone or something do you know what I mean Um, have you always been like that you're just not a sort of nervous type because some players do get really nervous and sort of put the left sock on before the right sock I think it's an age thing more than anything to be honest I'd say over the last sort of three or four years I've become much more like that Um, I think when I was younger you kind of think about what ifs what ifs and as soon as you start to think what ifs oh my god you go down a wormhole of absolutely crapping yourself do you know what I mean especially as a goalie when you're on your own and you're the only one who can bail yourself out of it do you know what I mean um, so I've learned I've learned to be able to just sort of not not worry about it I know what I can do I know I'm a good goalkeeper and when the, the whistle goes on a, on a Saturday afternoon I get this extra sort of buzz of adrenaline and um, I know I can do stuff that I can't do in training so that's that'll work for me that's all I need to know uh, but it's the same as you know on a, on, a, on Saturday in the FA Cup final I'll I'll not put a second thought to the, to the fact that it's an FA Cup final it's the first one we've been in for 30 odd years my job's there to, to get behind Gomi and, and make sure everybody else is as good as they can be Ben Foster 
Thank you so much. And on behalf of uh, the lads from the from the Rookery End podcast, and for all the fans, wish you, your family, all the squad, their families, everyone who works for the club, wish you absolutely the best of luck against Manchester City, which we all know is a tough task. But also, just to say, as fans, we will be there and we will make a lot of noise. And I know, it, I know, it helps. I know it, it makes a difference. So we'll certainly play our part as much as we can. And good luck on Saturday. Thank, thank you. you very can, much. I, um, can I just say, yeah, thanks to um, like the fans. Honestly, I can't thank you enough. You've been everybody's been so good like to me it's it's been like the best honestly I think it's probably been the best season of my career I won't lie just for pure sort of enjoyment pure sort of just love going out there watching them listening to the fans how much they get into it and love it and all that and yeah on Saturday I think Saturday is a culmination of everybody's efforts whether you're a fan you're a staff member you're a player everybody's been like I say pulling in the right directions this season and that, that's what it gets you thank you so much and good luck pleasure thank you A podcast made by Watford fans Fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. So, back in my car, uh, having just had a 20-minute chat with Ben Foster, and what an incredible man, what a lovely, lovely man. So easygoing, very upbeat. He just seemed, the, the abiding feeling I got from him was one of just pure joy and happiness to be alive. And obviously a lot of excitement, a lot of adrenaline, he left me and he ran across the, the canteen and he's off to a team meeting and the whole squad are in this uh, room getting, I don't know, who knows, some sort of logistics meeting or a tactical meeting or something. But I'll tell you what it's done for me, talking to Ben, is his passion and enthusiasm for the game has just raised my cup fever to a whole new level. I've got hair standing up on the back of my neck. It still seems such a long way away. It's still only Wednesday. I'm just looking forward to the, the day so much. He's really put that into focus for me and I think he's given us a real peek behind the curtain at all sorts of things loved the way he talked about Dalberg uh, his enthusiasm for for the young players coming through and watching them grow and their confidence growing and watching them you know, get themselves Premier League ready and contribute to the squad and the team and uh, yeah and a massive big up for, for Javi Grazia from, from Ben and uh, what a fantastically nice man sincere passionate happy yeah great guy Thank you.